In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. There are VPs that are my contemporaries that are women that were just as qualified as me. Some of them were more qualified than me. I found out I was making 50 grand more than them mm. for the same work, mm. same job code. And that bothered me. Yep. And I thought that even as a black man that I'd be getting the short end of the stick, I realized that women get a shorter end of the stick. So even a Caucasian woman gets paid less than a black man. Mm. And a black woman is usually at the bottom of the totem pole as far as pay, as far as title. If I had a nickel for every black female friend or colleague that I have that has been undertitled, meaning that they get senior management jobs instead of director jobs. And I say, well, you, when you're a director, you're in the bonus pool. When, at some companies, when you're a director, you get, you get a car allowance. There's so many perks that directors and then VPs get. And then you get a director job, but you're really doing the work of a VP. And then you get a VP job, you're really doing a C-suite or SVP job. And I know a lot of black women that just are not comfortable fighting for what's theirs. So to see someone like you that's young, that looks a lot younger than you actually are, in a role like that, and then you're wearing Jordans, and you know, you're know wearing T-shirts and stuff, I just think that that's dope, right? Because you are shattering the glass ceiling. But I wanted your thoughts on that because it's so important. Both these roles that you're in a role where you're able to help other people, diverse people. One of the things you said before we taped, diversity isn't just black women. It's not just LGBTQIA. It's not just Asian. It's, it's actually diversity is autistic people. Diversity mm -hmm. is people that went to Iraq and lost a limb. Diversity is blind. Diversity is, is really encompassing. So you're in a role where you have the opportunity to not just break the glass ceiling yourself and be an example and an ambassador for corporate America, but you're also in a role where you can help pull other people that look like you or maybe don't even look like you, but are diverse in nature and you can help guide them along the path. And, and just really wanted your thoughts on that because it's, that's, that's a great, it's just a, it's, it's a great presence. It's a, it's a great path to walk in my opinion. So, yeah. So earlier we were talking about neurodiversity and for any of you who know a little bit about neurodiversity, um, that really could be how somebody shows up. You may not even know that somebody's neurodiverse. So, um, for instance, a lot of people talk about, you know, autism or ADHD, and mm -hmm. a, a lot of people bring those up because it's something that they can see. Right. But oftentimes people who are neurodiverse, you may not know. The only thing that you probably recognize is maybe they're not socially, you know, what you would consider normal. Right. Um, but when it comes to what they can like do, people with Asperger's. Yeah. Yes. Or they may just be somebody who, Hey, they're talking to you. They can't make any eye contact. That's mm. not comfortable. It may take them a lot of effort to really be able to engage in a conversation. So for you or I, or if you're, you know, a manager and you have an employee like that, then you may think, well, something's wrong with them. Mm. Well, no, it's not that, you know, on a cognitive level, they're really high functioning and they can do very well at their job. But mm. when it comes to social skills, right. it, it's very uncomfortable. Um, and so I've kind of realized in my role, you know, diversity is not always about the things you can see. Sometimes it's about the things that are impacting people that you can't see mentally. Uh, mentally. And, and when you look at the workforce, you know, people who are neurodiverse kind of have been set to the side because, because socially they're not what we think they should be or not what corporate America would think it, they should be. Um, 
we're kind of neglecting a whole group of people that I think really could level up in the workforce, especially when it comes to technology. Um, and so I think in my role, recognizing, you know, where are the gaps? Like, where are the gaps uh, as far as for all people? And that's just one of the things I'm, I'm dedicated to figuring out, not just those who are already in the workforce for Costco, but how do I sit there and help community and help those who need a voice and, you know, they need an opportunity. Everybody just needs an opportunity. Wow. That's, that's, that's really important. So if you're just, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Allison Francis. She is the chief diversity officer of Costco and she's talking about leadership. She's talking about her experiences in corporate America. She's, she's, she's kind of putting on a clinic about being an African-American woman, breaking through the glass ceilings, all of that good stuff. Tell us about Costco's culture. I think that people would love to know that because you hear the big companies, the Walmarts, the Costco's, the Amazons, the Googles. It's very esoteric for most. It's most people that are just working at a mom and pop or have a small business or, or maybe working at a localized place. It's hard to really even fathom being in the C-suite at a company such as Costco, which is a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar organization. Tell us a little bit about the culture and some of the things that Costco does really well. So one thing about Costco is um, if you just look at how it started back in 1983, you know, Jim Senegal, Jeff Brotman, um, they met each other. You know, Jim Senegal was used to working for Saul Price, who Saul Price is kind of known as the father of the wholesale industry and had worked at FedMart, and they were going to start their operation in Seattle. And really, like, 20 to 30 families moved <laughs> to the specific Northwest just in the trust of, you know, Jeff and Jim Senegal. Okay. And so the culture's really been built on trust, integrity, taking care of your people. And that's been something that Costco has really been dedicated to. Mm. They've also been extremely dedicated to promoting and, from within. And y'all have the best like uh, corn dogs that they used to put out there when, when you're going really, there back in the day. I don't you know, really I'm like those. I'm not really those, a big fan of that. No, I just, man, I'm, I'm telling those you. Those are I'm, not my I'm, favorite. I'm, they've, they've had, they had a real good tray of stuff back in the day. You Maybe Jamaican beef patties or And then they're not in this part of the country. Where they got that in Seattle? They got the beef patties They got there? the beef patties oh, like everywhere. I've never been to Costco and oh, seen boy. any Jamaican beef patties. They're I'm a Jamaican big fan of that. beef patties in the freezer section. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. No, I'm talking about they actually used to have corn dogs on a stick. Yes. At the at the at the they oh, were like giving them out to yeah, people samples. randomly. They have samples for Jamaican beef patties. Yes. What? I had no idea. Is that since you took over? No, it's oh, okay. been that way. Does that report through you? <laughs> no, it does now, not. now I'm curious. What is your vertical? So tell us a little bit about your verticals. Got big into the verticals. Like when I it's funny when I was at Blue Cross. So I had a vertical directly for for the risk management program and the star rating program. Mm -hmm. But then I had a dotted line to a whole bunch of others. So actuary was a dotted line and then clinical operations was a dotted line. And the nurses had to report to me. Our nurses hated my guts because they're like, you're not a nurse. You're not a clinician. You shouldn't be telling us what to do. Tell us about your vertical and like what reports up through your, your department. So I report directly to the CEO. All right. And um, so I report to Craig Jelinek right. and he's pretty much told me he was like, I need you pretty to be awesome. my my ears to let me know. So is what's it possible that you could be the CEO of Costco one day if you want to be? Um it is a possibility. Okay. I probably I likely would probably go back into an operations role, which right. I've been in operations. If you become the CEO of Costco's, will you sponsor the show and get us on in Seattle? Like can you get me on K KIRO in, in Seattle? From, I think, from I think 11 I to work, 12 I got to work days. on the sponsorship right, before I become the CEO. Sure, How about that? I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. <laughs> um, 
So I report directly to Craig. Nice. But, you know, in the last month, there's been some changes because people have been retiring. Okay. So the board just elected Ron Vacris as president. So I have Craig, who's the CEO. Ron's mm-hmm. the president. So it's been a lot of transition, I guess. That's amazing. Um, so I make sure that Ron knows everything that Craig knows because you don't want to make sh- you want right. to make sure the president's yeah. not in the dark. Um, but then I have a chain of command. Chain yeah, of chain of command. command. So then I have a lot of. I don't even know if I want to call it dotted line or partnerships. That's the right, right word. Okay. So partner a lot with the, the human resource department, right. um, you know, community relations, um, it, basically anything having to do with people and helping to approve processes. Um, you know, I really have been trying to work with a few of the departments. Right. IT, I can say, is one of the ones that I really have a vested interest in helping our IT nice. department with people development and now I could tell from just the way you talk, you don't speak in a very authoritative manner. It's, it's very nurturing. It's very soothing. So I assume I'm just going to assume it's your leadership style. So my, my leadership style was kind of jackassery. Like I, <laughs> I would come in and say, Hey, this is how we're going to do it. And if you don't like it, you're fired. You know, I, and, and, and that didn't work. Right. So yeah. I had to, I had to dial that back over, over the course of time, <laughs> but you're, you're in with very important people. This is a huge company. It's publicly traded, I assume. It's, it it, is. There's a lot. So there's the board, the meetings. It can be very all-encompassing. It can be very draining. It seems that you found a really good niche. One of the first things you said, hey, we have a new president. I want to make sure that he's informed. So I'm, yep. not, I'm not on one side or the other. I'm here to kind of bring everybody together. Um, how can Tell us a little bit about how can a young african-american woman navigate some of those corporate politics because the politics get a lot of people i know a lot of people that are really brilliant and much smarter than me and and just just know their stuff but i had to learn how to navigate corporate politics to succeed and if you don't do that well it doesn't matter how brilliant you are you're going to get caught in the undertow of of any big company so i think everybody needs an ally so um i would have to say that i'm huge on allyship and I've been a beneficiary of that. Nice. So I have to say, like, the previous um, chief diversity officer, Joe Patera, who just retired, like... Oh, so you're not the first? Uh, no. So okay. Joe was actually the, the second. First. No, no, Okay. So there were... But I the thought they created it for you. No, no, no. Okay. So the difference was, in 2004, that's when Costco had their very first chief diversity officer. Oh, that nice. Was Dick, so you've been in that for a minute. That was Dick DiCercio. Okay. So, But he was also executive vice president over operations. Ah, uh, so it's a, it's and, a dual and, role. Yeah, right. and so then same right. thing with Joe. Joe was running right. all of Canada. And so you're the first person that just, you're on it 24-7. That's, right. yeah. Right. No, so that 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 is 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 fantastic. Um, now, do you mind you mind doing a third segment? I know I usually uh, you're only going to do two. Um, you had I'm enough fine. of me because we can we okay, cut I'm, it now can, if you want. Right. I can do a third. All segment. right, we'll do one more segment because I got some more questions to to ask Allison. So we'll be back more than last day show after these messages. Paragon, Paragon seven, seven studio. studio. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Classic sneakers I had. Patrick Ewins. Oh, Ewins was hot. The, 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 the blue, orange, and white. Was got those. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, a fresh yeah. pair. You got to bring those into the studio. What? You got you to bring And those I got the, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Adidas. I didn't even know that he had a shit. What? And I got the Stan Smiths. I'm telling you these I don't even know what the Stan, Stan Smith, Smith is. The Stan Smith, the green and whites, the official color. I got the official Pumas. The red suede, the blue suede. Official Pumas. Classic. So we're winding down. Hold up. 
the first Air Force Ones, the dunks, the flights. Uh, what else was was crazies? Uh, uh, the hibachis. James Lewis. You talking about the hirachis or Hira- the hibachis? I call them hibachis, hirachis, okay. whatever. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. You hear her blazing through your speakers. It's Ariana, the personality on Streets 99.3. You put that uniform on. That Titan uniform, you better come to work. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. And then you will run a mile. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. We begin searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so, we finally come out with a solution. And we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a Full Cart Fresh box at the farm, and then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry, and as well as hungry, are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh. Help those families in need.